Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? Go Low Pod back at it again after waste management. I didn't even go and I feel hungover. What a week for the PGA Tour. I just looked it up. On Sunday, the Waste Management got 3.5 million people to watch. Uh, for, and to put that into context, obviously football and college football are, are in its own stratosphere. I'd argue the two biggest brands in the NBA, which I think most people widely consider the second biggest team sport uh, and biggest sport. Got 3.6 million people. Lakers, Warriors, Saturday night. I know Mark Cuban loves to argue. He's like, we're on cable. No, this was on ABC. So CBS, day Sunday versus night Saturday. Basically the same number. Golf is a coming, my people. Golf is a coming. Uh, I have some thoughts on the waste management. Have some thoughts on the no laying up guy. Say the Bryson DeChambeau has told people he will never play on the PGA Tour again. He's going Saudi. And then Riv uh, this weekend. Very, very excited. I've never played the course. Obviously, it's one of the bigger tournaments of the year. This year, you know, 10 for 10. The top 10 in the world, all there. The field is absolutely stacked. Uh, Even ton of the former winners, guys like Adam Scott, Max Homa, uh, Bubba. I mean, it's it's a really, really good field. Sam Burns last year almost won. Uh, I had Tony Finau, actually, who's just absolutely in shambles. Who just, you used to have to get Tony Finau like 20, 22, 25 to 1. Now he costs 50 to 1 as to gamble on. Kind of crazy. And I do I wouldn't bet on him right now. He's, he's not playing very well. And then, of course, Jason Sobel of the Action Network. Played at, uh, not played, I mean, he does play, but uh, worked at ESPN for a long time. Now does PGA Tour Radio, uh, Monday through Wednesday. Links and locks on the Action Network Podcast Network. Uh, We love talking gambling with him. I'll have a bunch of picks with him. JT, I like a little action on Kepka. Taylor Gooch, that's my favorite bet this week, the top 10 or top 5. Love Taylor Gooch. Boyd Summerhays is his coach. 
Boyd's brother used to be a member at my, or I mean the the teaching pro at my brother's club in Davis, California, El Macero. So uh, big fan. Summer Hayes Boyd's a great follow on uh, Instagram. He's Finau's coach, Rom's coach. His son is like an all-star freshman golfer for Arizona State. He'll be a pro. He actually just played in the waste management. Um, so yeah, small little world. Lives in Scottsdale. Also, GoLoPod is the Instagram. If you want to get, we do a little Q&A at the end of the show. Follow GoLoPod, at GoLoPod on Instagram. Give that thing a follow. I just put up our new logo as the uh, as like the header. So you can find it there. Pretty fired up. It looks sweet. Props to our logo guy here at the volume. Badass. And we'll just keep rocking and rolling and build this bad boy up. Uh, see how big we can get it. Now the football's over. I wanted to start with the waste management. And talking about those ratings, I truly believe, and I, I followed ratings very, very closely since working in radio. It's different than what I knew, do now. I mean, we value on how many people listen. You know, whether 50,000 people listen, 100,000 people listen. TV, they don't actually know how many people are, are watching. They do this Nielsen. It's based on how many meters. I mean, it's, a, it's an educated guess. For the, the business I work in, we know exactly how many people listen. Uh, you know, we do business on YouTube. We know exactly how long you watch for. The metrics in the, in the internet world is very, very high level. But the television metrics, whether you believe them or not, that does value your product. And football has separated from the pack. The NFL has always been huge, but right now it's in a completely different stratosphere than every other property in American television. It ain't even close. But I think, and college football actually, while it's behind the NFL, is way past basketball, baseball, who's currently on strike, golf, all these other sports. It's, there's, there's a wide gap. But I think the competition for number two is wide freaking open. And what I witnessed at the Waste Management, and we've been witnessing it now for years, it's like an SEC football game. That reminded me, that scene of Harry Higgs and Joel Damon taking off their shirts and the beers flying, or when Sam Ryder hit the hole-in-one, reminded me of when I was at Cal Poly on a day party on Friday or Saturday. Just getting absolutely shithoused. And that looked fun. Now, I don't necessarily, I don't know if I'd want to be in the stands, but it's fun to watch. It was something that was kind of universally would any person would gravitate toward watching that, whether you like golf or whether you don't like golf. So if golf can find a way to continue to have a couple events, and I'll, I asked Sobel about this a little bit later, like that. Now, obviously, the waste management is, ne- you know, some parties are just better than other parties. So I'm not expecting other golf tournaments to equal that. But if they can find their niche on a whole on a stretch of holes, on a party section, it would go a long way to continue to, quote-unquote, grow the game of golf and make it cool. Now, part of what makes the waste management fun is great players play in the tournament. And great players consistently, I mean, the leaderboard, Xander, Kepka, Hideki, Cantlay, JT, even Scotty Scheffler is a Ryder Cup guy who won the tournament. So the top guys are going to go there. It's fun. It's, it's just it's where you want to be. It's a bright lights tournament. A lot of people are watching. 3.5 million people on Sunday. So I, I I do think golf, and this is why I obviously love the sport. I, I think I told, I was I was kind of drunk, but I told Kevin Clark this when we were at uh, at Coward's volume party. I'm like, I, I kind of like golf more than football. Now, part of it is, 
you know, I make more money talking about football, but I, 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 can't, I haven't played football since high school. I played golf like a week ago. <laughs> I think about my golf swing. I get to play the sport. When I watched them play the waste management at TPC, I played that course last year during Memorial Day. I was at drinks with a buddy on Saturday. I'm like, the, who I played the course with. I'm like, you see the lines these guys are taking? And we didn't even play the tips. And that's the unique part about this sport. So the more people that can dip their foot in playing the sport, which has clearly grown the last couple of years, the easier it is to watch these courses. And they play a lot of courses like Riviera. Most people will never step foot on Riviera. But if you go to Scottsdale over the summer, you can play 200 bucks and play TPC. You come to the Bay Area, you can play Harding Park. You, you go to these places in these different states, you can play some of these courses that they play. It's, it's like, I, I can't go to Lambeau and play a flag football game. It's never going to happen, you know? But I, I, can pl- I can, and if even if I did, where am I going to find 22 people to play? But I can easily take a buddy, take one. I, hell, I can go by myself. I did it last year when I was real estate hunting in Scottsdale. I played a single, I played Greyhawk. Why did I play Greyhawk? Because I was watching it on TV, the college championships. I'm like, that course looks sweet. That course looks fun. So I played it. And it's it's the unique part about this game is that you get to play it till really you can't walk anymore. I mean, how many people you know at the club that you play at or, you know, a public course you go to, there's 60, 70, 80-year-old guys out there hacking away, having fun, getting outside, getting some vitamin D. So if the waste management, if other if other tournaments can steal a little bit of that, because I think what makes the Ryder Cup so special is it has vibes of that. And when you get that vibe, like one thing we learned over the, the COVID shutdown with no fans, no fans in sports sucks. The bubble sucked. 2020 NFL sucked. Do you know what was sweet? Bama LSU with a packed house. 49ers Lambeau, 80,000 people. SoFi Stadium, Niners Rams. The waste management. Fans make sports. They literally pay for everything, right? Without them watching and consuming, there is no, they they are the business of everything. But that vibe is what truly makes it special. It's what's so cool about the Masters, even though everyone is on their best behavior. It's just packed, lined up on both sides of the fairway. And these enormous galleries, those views, I'll never forget on hole 12, you know, when Tiger, when those guys hit in the water and Tiger and everyone behind him, like that is the visual you remember. Or Tiger and Charlie after he wins in 19, walking down that stretch to the clubhouse, holding each other's hands, fist bumping down just thousands of people lined up outside the ropes. So I, this week's a lot different than that, even though it's still pretty cool, that visual coming up 18 at Riviera where everyone's on the hill. Uh, even hole one where you hit down the hill, it's it's got some sweet visuals. A little more of an old school course, more of a course that I, I feel like I grew up playing like the Sacramento area with trees. Not like that nice, but I just mean like that style. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to, I'm definitely looking forward to this week. And I'll talk about, I guess we can just talk about that right now. Uh, I love Taylor Gooch this week, the top 10. The crazy part about this golf tournament is it was last year that a couple days after is Tiger Woods got in that car accident. You know, and, and Max Homa, an L.A. guy that, you know, cried when he won, that almost blew the tournament last year on hole 18, missed, you know, like a three or four foot putt to win it in regulation, but then ended up kind of pulling it out of his ass against Tony because he was behind a tree on the first hole, that short little par four, hole 10. Uh, but, you know, really everything that, that clouded the whole week was Tiger a couple weeks later. 
I mean, at one point in time that morning, we thought Tiger Woods might be dead. And then the information came out that could he ever walk again? We've come a long way. He was able, obviously, to play with Charlie in that, you know, in the father-son thing. But uh, all indications is, that, I mean, this is Tiger's tournament. He's going to be there, present the trophy. So that's cool. I mean, this 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 is just a star-studded event. Now, I, I talked about this last week, and I believe it still. I can't bet on non-Tiger Woods. Like, John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay, to me, are two, uh, two of the best. I mean, they are, to me. I mean, I just, I would want those guys to have money on them. But at 9-1 to one and 12-1, to one, I just don't love them. Justin Thomas, depending on where you're looking, 14 to 1. DJ, just hard to tell how much he cares, but he's won here before. Uh, Morikawa and Rory, it feels like I haven't seen them in a while. Xander was just playing pretty well at the waste management. He just couldn't make a putt. Hideki's been playing well. I, I don't think you could ever go wrong right now betting on Hideki. Hideki is just on a heater, an absolute heater. Uh, I actually kind of like Hideki. If you can find him 25 to 1 this week. Kepka to me, I just do not understand it. He's clearly healthy. He actually didn't play that well Sunday uh, at Waste Management. But how many guys on the PGA Tour would you want money on, would you want to be betting on down the stretch of a big tournament? You talk about a bright lights guy. I talked about this on, you know, on the football podcast after uh, this, you know, during the Super Bowl halftime. Like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg have been so famous for almost 30... I mean, Dr. Dre's 35 years, NWA. Snoop came on the scene like 1992. Those guys were bright light guys. They felt like NFL players when they were holding... I could have just used them the entire halftime. Just those two. And I feel the same way about Kepka. Majors, any big tournament, if he's coming in in good form, which I think he is right now, I, 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 just, I just believe in Kepka. I think his personality is perfect in terms of he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too down. His just his talent is so elite. Uh, he's as deep as anyone not named Bryson. His iron game is as good as anybody. And th- there's a short list of players that I feel is confident that's going to make a big putt. And it's Brooke Ke- Brooks Kepka. So I I think I just talked myself in. I like JT and I like Kepka as as the favorites this week. The other story is the no laying up guys. Um uh, who, you know, I don't, if you don't know, they've had a big podcast. You know, they kind of were the first golf podcast I ever listened to. Uh, and still really the only golf podcast that I listen to today. And uh, they do a great job. They have interviews. I mean, they've just, they've been trailblazers in the space. And uh, I know Tron a little bit just through Twitter, DM back and forth to them. I'm, I'm big fans. They said something that really caught my attention. Now, we've been talking now for weeks about this Saudi league. It's coming. The Saudis have an unlimited amount of money and Phil and Bryson and the DJs like these guys, you know, might get bought for $150 million, you know, so it's easy. I, I said it last week. It's easy for everyone to get in the moral high horse. It's another thing. Now, Phil, I thought he's made like seven, eight hundred million dollars. You know, even DJs made a couple hundred million. Bryson has made a lot, but I, if someone puts 150 million, 125 million, 200 million. The numbers are all over the place. Who knows what's real and what's not? I saw Morikawa say today in his press conference, like, I don't even know what to believe. He kind of shit on it. Like, we just keep hearing things, yet I have never seen one name. Well, we kind of have seen some names. It starts with Phil Mickelson, who I think we all believe is just going to play in the Saudi League. He's kind of done with the PGA Tour. He's pissed off about the media rights. He's got all these crazy theories about how he's getting screwed. And maybe a little bit that he is. Because Thagala, what we just witnessed at Waste Management... If the Saudis' dream could be to buy all the top players, Thagala would not exist. That would not be possible. 
So part of I'm watching the waste management and seeing this guy who a couple years ago was at Pepperdine, basically quit college because of COVID and just went pro. And you're going, this wouldn't even, what's one thing that's cool about a golf tournament? He's going toe-to-toe with Brooks, with Xander, with Cantlay, with Scheffler. Like, that guy would not even be an option in this Saudi league because they would only have the top guys, the top young guys, and all the sweet old guys. A guy like Thigala would never be in their league unless, you know, over time he worked his way up and someone got relegated and he took their spot, but it would take him years. The only reason he was in the waste management because he got some sponsors exemption. There'd be no Saudi sponsor exemption. So one thing these guys said on their Sunday podcast is that Bryson told people at the Saudi event two weeks ago that he's never coming back to the PGA Tour. And I was like, damn, I was listening to that thing and like, holy shit, it's a pretty big thing to say. And Bryson has come out, adamantly denied it. His agent has come out, adamantly denied it, say he is legitimately hurt. He's, his wrist is messed up. And they claim, like the rubber's going to meet the road here. He was supposed to play this week, claims he's injured, he's not in this week. He's the defending champ in a couple weeks at Arnold Palmer's tournament. Is he going to show up? The players isn't that far away. And if you remember last year, he was leading the players until he like duffed that shot and then hit it into the water. So, I mean, that's a pretty big money-making time. Again, last I checked, the players is one of the biggest purses of the year. And even if the Saudi League is happening, it's not happening before the players. So... It's going to be hard for Bryson to prove that his wrist is legitimately hurt. But I think we can all acknowledge there's enough smoke here that the, there's some fire going on that I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do think that Phil Mickelson is done. If the Saudi League happens, he will go. They also mentioned that DJ was another guy that's going to go. Now, it does feel in a weird way like Phil and Bryson are tied at the hip, like Phil's beliefs on the money, which I somewhat understand. They are splitting money with guys like Thagala, who earns it, and that's the best part about golf, because in the waste management, he's having this great year, but they have to split the earnings when you're really watching for Kepka, the Xanders, the Phils, the JTs, the Brysons. Like, they generate all the TV revenue, which equals all the, the purse money. But they have to split it with these randoms. You saw Charlie Hoffman, if you follow this stuff on Instagram, was pissed off about this ruling, which he's right on, and then created this whole controversy. My only issue with Charlie Hoffman is, Charlie, you are the waste management representative. They're your big sponsor. This is their fucking tournament. You ha- I-, I hate it when athletes don't realize where their bread is buttered. And that that was a pretty clueless thing to do at his own sponsor's tournament. If he did it in another tournament, whatever. But at the waste management, it's why he came out strong the next day in a in a garbage truck, you know, trying to poo-poo it. It's like, hey, he realized what he was doing. Uh, but I don't know. I, I do believe, though, if Bryson, if it does come out in a month, in two months, we just don't see him again. Now, there are going to be majors before this Saudi league would start. That'd be one of the craziest things in the history of golf. That this guy, in quote-unquote the peak of his powers, who has kind of transcended his sport because of the long drives and how big he got, he became just kind of a sports figure through the internet and through his just kind of persona <laughs> if he just disappears and go to the Saudi League. like that, there, Listen, that would be a major loss for the PGA Tour if Bryson DeChambeau just stops playing in their events. Like, it's a loss this week. It would be a huge loss at Bay Hill. 
It would be a loss at the players. It would be a loss in these majors. Like, it's a big deal when Bryson is on television. Remember a couple years ago when he gained all the uh, the yardage? And it's like, what's he going to do at Augusta? I'd argue he was the biggest story that first year when he had gained all the yardage going into Augusta. And then he was terrible. But every single year, if he's hitting it really far, like he's a massive story going. He won the U.S. Open two years ago. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm fascinated by it. I, I definitely do not think it's not plausible. Uh, I, I do wonder if there are people in Bryson's camp that are trying to talk him out of this. Like, I would imagine on and off the course, Bryson's making $30, $40 million a year. Now, there's a big difference between $150 a year and $40 million a year. But there's also a level of, you know what you're getting. You don't have to deal with some foreign government that fucking could kill you. Uh, you don't have to travel the world, really, if you don't want to. I, I, I do think it's a pretty big risk for a guy like that who is in his money-making prime. I mean, 10 years ago, Phil... Remember when Tiger was in his peak making 70, 80, 90 million dollars a year and the number two, three athlete always was like an NBA player and Phil Mickelson making 40, 50. That was a decade ago. Now factor inflation, money's even less valuable so they're paying you more. I mean, I I think Bryson could rack up some serious cash. It's a pretty risky move but if he has it in his mind that, you know, I can't monetize YouTube because the tour won't let me take a camera around. Like, that's just... That, to me, feels a little short-sighted. Uh, it really does. Now, I'm I'm also biased. I don't want to lose Bryson. I enjoy Bryson DeChambeau on the PGA Tour. And definitely, I think the PGA Tour enjoys him, too. So maybe this is all a huge leverage play. But there are certain rules with the way the tour is set up, you know, through, you know, it's called like a 5017C, or I, I think I probably screwed up those numbers, but in terms of their charitable donations and their tax breaks, that I don't think they can dramatically change and just start paying players like ultimately a guy like Bryson wants to get. So it's going to be a fascinating staring contest. Uh, And I I do think Jay Monahan and the people that run the tour are just, their hands are kind of tied here. So I think Bryson right now moving forward until he comes back or if he does come back has got to be one of the biggest stories in golf. Okay, the PGA Tour is back in full swing, and I have been gambling heavily on this season so far, and I can't wait to dive back in this week and this weekend at Riviera Tigers Tournament. FanDuel has you covered, different markets finding unique and fun bets like finishing position, matchups, round leaders, and group winners. I love, I don't like, I love Justin Thomas this week at 14-1. to He finished here second several years ago. Just had a good showing at the Phoenix Open. Waste management. Like him this week. But my favorite bet of the week, Taylor Gooch, who's coming off also a good finish at the Waste Management, to top 10 at this tournament. Pays 4.5 to 1. Right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just place a bet on any game or any golfer, and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 if you don't win your first bet. If you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and be sure to sign up with the promo code Colin so they know that we sent you. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web.
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit FanDuel.com slash RG, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for con- confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Okay, b- back again with my man, Jason Sobel, who uh, I- I'm not sure if... Have you recovered yet from uh, the mayhem that is the waste management? You're looking good. I, yeah, I've recovered. I left before the weekend started. I left on Saturday morning from Scottsdale, so I, I was able to... Uh, uh, avoid or you know tragically miss all the festivities that went on over the weekend, but it was definitely fun to watch. I, I heard uh, Colton Slee say that there is, uh, you know, the the attendance obviously they they're not like uh, put it in stone what the number is, but everyone's pretty confident that that shattered records th- this weekend. Is that is that fair to say? It sure seemed like it. Uh, the attendance numbers are not exactly. Uh, uh, let's put it this way. They're, they're not exactly scanning tickets when you go through and doing the attendance that way. They used to count cars and say that there was an average of X amount per car. So like 2.4 people per car and figure it out that way. I think they've gotten more advanced with that. I, I didn't see the final attendance numbers. I can tell you this, John, though, if if they did set an attendance mark this year, next year with the Super Bowl in town, they're just going to bash it. They're just going <laughs> to double it. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. Before we get into this week, I you know it's it's hard. I'm I'm probably more of a prisoner of the moment. This this tournament feels. I mean, there's nothing quite like it. And I know there's been a lot of talk. Is how can you make you can do this every week, but just have several of these a year? Is it impossible? I mean, you have you've been around this game for so long and all these different tournaments all over the country. Is it truly just a one off kind of like the Ryder Cup where you can't you know manipulate that environment anywhere else is it just part of the the deal that scottsdale brings to the table that other places just won't or or could the tour do a better job of having a rowdy atmosphere or some other tournaments i'm surprised other tournaments haven't tried to copycat what they do in phoenix at least on one hole at least have one party hole uh the nelson's done it a little bit in the past hartford's kind of tried it a little bit doesn't quite translate to those places but that's probably okay i think the players by and large are okay with it one hole one week out of the year if you try to say hey let's do this 20 times a year i think it's going to be a really bad look for everybody and it just it's going to get a little bit out of hand but they know what to expect when they get to tbc scottsdale they understand it it's a party we saw beers being thrown from the stands we saw uh players taking their shirts off i mean it, it has to be in the right frame of what you're trying to do. You take your shirts off on the third fairway at Colonial, it doesn't really make sense for a player. You start throwing beers onto the 14th green at Quail Hollow, it's like, well, that's not really the way we do this. But uh, for that one week a year in Phoenix, yeah, it works and it's fun and it's cool. And the one uh, biggest difference, I think, John, in, in the what, 15 years that I've been covering that event and I've probably been there 10, 12 times over that span is that the PGA Tour has embraced it more than in the past. I think 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Okay, it was still a party back then, but it was the PGA Tour didn't want to glorify it. They didn't want to show it off. They didn't want to get everybody excited about just the party. It was more still about the golf to them. If you watch last uh, this past weekend, PGA Tour, not only on TV, but with the rights holders, but 
all over social media, they are promoting the fact that this is indeed the biggest party in golf. And I know for a fact that there were folks in Ponte Vedra Beach offices on Monday morning uh, smiling about all the social media impressions that they got this past weekend with everything. So it, it's definitely changed in that respect. Phil, Phil would tell you in the Saudi league, Joel Damon might be able to NFT that uh, that visual of him, you oh, know, boy. R- 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 in the the collar shirt. But let's let's stick to golf, and this is clearly a little more uh, of a throwback PGA golf tournament. You know, it's pretty crazy the story of this tournament last year. Despite Max Homa having an incredible win, was really the Tiger incident a couple days later, right? I mean, that's the kind Ooh. of the memorable moment. I saw a headline today that Tiger's going to be there, so that's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, you know. Let's just start with some guys that that you like that you're excited about, and then I'll get in. Because last year I had a Tony Finau ticket, and it was pretty devastating, you know, in extras when Max was behind the tree. But I was kind of lucky to be there. Max missed that, you know, what two three footer on on eighteen. So sure, uh, it. But you just I started sniffing the money, and then uh, he made that incredible pitch shot, and the rest is history. Who who do you like coming in this weekend at Riv? So it's more about who I don't like, and it's almost nobody. I do a preview every week for the Action Network where I I have different categories. My favorite outright, favorite top five, top ten, favorite DFS play, all these different categories. At the end, I give my big fade. And it's the one guy with a short number who I don't like that week. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he can win. And this week, I really struggled with it. I got down to about 40, 45 to one before I found someone that said, okay, I really, you know, I'll fade him. I don't really like him because of the top 10 in the world who are all there, of the guys just below the top 10, the Brooks Kepkas and the Jordan Spieths. I look at every single one of them, and yeah, okay, there might be some cons there, but there are a whole lot of pros as well. And I think you can uh, look at those players and say, yeah, there's a lot of reason for me to like them this week. And so you look at the top of the list and you try to separate them. Patrick Cantlay is the guy at the top that I like the best. If you wanted to sit here and tell me, I like John Rahm, I like Justin Thomas, I like Colin Morikawa, I like Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, all of those are really good choices. They're really good players. They have short odds for a reason. Patrick Cantley, to me, has been playing some of the best golf of his life, and I still think he hasn't quite played his best. I don't think he's reached that peak. I feel like over the last few weeks, um, last week's a great example where uh, the putter was red hot for three days. and The ball striking wasn't quite there. Then the ball striking caught up on Sunday in the final round and the putter got a little bit cold. When everything is firing on all cylinders, Patrick Cantley is going to win one of these. This one makes the most sense in his hometown of Los Angeles on a ball strikers golf course. He does everything well, should be rewarded this week. But again, there aren't a whole lot of guys at the top of that list where I look at, really, there's almost nobody at the top of that list where I look at and say, no, absolutely not. Don't take him. Yeah, I know you like JT last week. And, you know, I think was it Friday at a weird day, but then over the weekend, he was pretty dialed. And, you know, if he yeah. just had started a little faster, he might have won the tournament. I kind of like him this week, 14 to one. He finished second, just looking back at some of his previous history here in 2019. Uh, so, I mean, he's played well at this golf course before and, you know, Cantley, right. He's played now. This is going to be his third week in a row. JT took that week off hanging out with his fiance up and down the coast of California. So I, I don't know how much you factor that in the rest, but what about Brooks? I mean, he's coming off a pretty good week. His odds to me for a guy that has accomplished like all these guys in the, in the 12 to 14 to one, he's accomplished everything they have definitely in terms of majors, if not more than some of these guys, yet he's almost doubled their odds the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Let me start with JT. Cause I want to 
uh, I want to make a point on JT, which is, yeah, I was on him last week. The putting has not been great. If he can figure out the putter, he can start winning tournaments. And uh, I'm not sure that Riv is the place to figure out a putter, putting on those Poana greens. But honestly, it neutralizes everybody. The good putters are going to miss putts. The bad putters are going to miss putts. So maybe this is a good week for JT to turn it all around. I do think that at some point, he's just going to go out and obliterate a field. I mean, I, I don't think he wins by one when he wins. I think he wins by eight. The next time he just figures it all out and plays well. So it could certainly happen this week. I, I Again, I, I mean, I'm repeating myself here, but I like JT. I like all the guys at the top. Uh, he's certainly capable of beating this field. I believe it was three years ago, like you mentioned, he finished runner up, but he lost a five shot, 54 hole lead to JB Holmes, shot 75 in that final round. And so um, maybe a little a few demons still gnawing at him a little bit. Also lost uh, back in the 2011 NCAA uh, team championship uh, to a guy named Jordan Spieth, who tends to remind him of it every single time they get to Riviera. So uh, maybe that's eating at him just a little bit there as well. As far as Kepka, yeah, you're right. It's a big number on Kepka this week. He's obviously starting to play better golf. Uh, going into last week, I didn't like him just for the fact that it had been months, I mean, like a long time dating back to uh, before uh, last season had ended. The last time we'd seen Brooks Kepka playing some solid golf. He had missed a few cuts. He'd finished uh, below the uh, midway point in a few shorter fields where everyone had made the cut. So uh, you look at Kepka and say, OK, well, he played well this past week. Now, I know there's the narrative of if it's not a major championship, Brooks doesn't show up. Brooks doesn't care that much. Speaking with Brooks a little bit last week in a press conference, it seems like he's pretty dialed in. He was asked about. I agree. Do you think? Do you do you think there are nineteen? You're ranked twentieth in the world. Do you think there are nineteen players in the world right now who are better than you? He goes, No, of course not. That's embarrassing. So like, I can't believe you know. Granted, it's injuries and other things, but I can't believe I'm twentieth in the world. That needs to change soon. And so. He does seem motivated, inspired right now to go out and play some good golf. And in a field where he's got those 10 guys, the top 10 in the world, all in front of him who are playing this week, I think it would be a good place to look at Brooks trying to be a little giant killer this week. I'd also say win or lose, he keeps playing good golf. Wouldn't you say the players and the Masters, he's a guy to keep an eye on if his odds remain in the, definitely in like 25 to 1 and above? There's no doubt. I mean, love him for the big events moving forward. The only little issue with Brooks is that he tends to talk you into wanting to play him. Like I said, you know, he was, you know, said he's embarrassed about being 20th in the world and this has to change. I'm going to play good guy. You're, you haven't seen the best of Brooks yet. You know, I'm going to turn it on. Uh, he says everything right. So as a better, you have to look at it and say, all right, it, does he really mean it? Is he really about to turn things on? Does he just think he's going to turn it on and think he's going to play good golf? Or is it all just a little bluster and bravado? So I think we have to sort of separate that and interpret that. But I do think it's going to be a good year for Brooks. Okay, let's talk about long shots. Uh, you brought up a name uh, before we hopped on here in, in Francisco Molinari, who's a member there. I wrote down a couple in Alex Noren, who was in the mix last week and who's played good golf. I've been on him several times over the last couple of years. I, I like him a lot. And, and Leishman is a name that I've kind of seen out there. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Molinari and then tell me what your thoughts on Noren and Leishman. Yeah, so Molinari is probably the biggest public play this week. Everyone's going to be on him, and everyone loves the narrative of, hey, he's playing his home course where he moved out to L.A. a couple years ago and joined Riviera, and so it's perfect for him. That that doesn't always work that well. 
you know, I've spoken over the years to so many players about uh, playing your hometown event, playing in your backyard, sleeping in your own bed. It sounds great until you're going to leave the house in the morning and the wife says, oh, well, can you drop off the kids at school? And oh, by the way, take out the trash. And if you can empty the dishwasher and oh, oh here comes the neighbors. They, you know, you've never met them before. They live across the street and down three houses. But, you know, they're really big fans. and They'd love to have some tickets this week. And all of a sudden you're dealing with all these outside entities that you necessarily don't deal with on the road. That said, uh, my podcast partner at the Action Network, Ben Everell, who works for the PGA Tour, told me he was out at Riv a couple weeks ago and one of the caddies said, I would put my mortgage on Francesco Molinari to finish in the top 10 this coming week. And he is 10 to 1 for a top 10 finish. So I, I really like that. He was eighth at this event last year and has more experience on the course than he did at that point, also playing some good golf. As far as the other guys, Norn, I really like. Yeah, coming off a good week, it's... It's almost like I just don't want to catch him on that kind of downslide a little bit. You're you're hoping that it's a little two week peak for Alex Dorn. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to ride him while he's hot. I, I know I get it I get it and I try that all the time. I, you're hoping he's still kind of trending upwards, but uh, really good ball striker who putted really well last week. So that's a really good sign for Norn. And Leishman is a guy that a lot of people are on this week. I'm waiting to see what the conditions are like. Uh, it's been hot and dry. In L.A. over the last uh, few weeks, it's supposed to get uh, I've seen varying reports. Some have said rain for the first day or two. And some have said, you know, the rain has passed and it's not going to hit Los Angeles. Well, if it does, I don't like Leishman as much. Leishman, I I always tend to uh, to tend to play him, tend to like him at events where it's fast and firm, firstly, and secondly, where there's some wind blowing. I just think he he's a good low ball player, plays his mid and long irons really well. Good around the green. So that all of that could correlate to this golf course. I just I want to see the conditions a little bit more before I jump in on Leishman. Okay, last name. I know this guy's a favorite of a lot of people like you that are close to the tour. He's a really good player, is Taylor Gooch, who last year finished twelfth, two years ago finished top ten. I mean, if you want to get bold, don't know about his win equity, but ten to one to top five and about, you know, almost five to one or or yeah, ten to one to top five, and almost four and a half to one to top ten. Uh, wh- what do you think about that play? Yeah, I really like Taylor Gooch this week. the The one thing we usually look at in regard to Gooch is his ball striking. He's one of the game's better iron players, I think, at least outside of those top ten type players. And so, um, you've got the ball striking, but he's also sixth on the PGA Tour in strokes gained around the greens, and guys are going to miss greens. This year, this week, uh, it just happens at Riviera. They're smaller greens, an old style course. You're just not going to hit 18 of 18 every day and just have to turn it into a putting contest. And so uh, you're going to have to get up and down. Taylor Gooch, one of the better ones at not only ball striking, but getting up and down from around the greens. That's a really nice combination for this week. So I do agree with you. I like Gooch a lot this week. And before I get you out of here, I I think we mentioned this guy last week, but like I said, I mean, I bet on this guy last year to win, and this guy's numbers were consistently twenty to one, twenty-two to one. I think he's fifty to. What's up with Tony Finau? I mean, is what what's going on with the guy? I don't know. I was very bullish on Finau coming into the year, and I thought it would be a really good one for him. I still think it can be a really good one for him, and I do think that at some point we're going to want to jump on Tony Finau when he's fifty to one, and he's going to win something else, and we're going to be. Uh, Get a, a nice payoff on that 
on that Finau ticket. I just, I don't think it's coming this week. I haven't seen really any signs in his game that show he's about to play some really good golf. Remember, Phoenix is a place where he's played well in the past as well. I believe uh, lost in the playoff to Webb Simpson two years ago. And so you looked at it last week and said, he's played well here. It could be a good week. And he wound up missing the cut. So until we see a little bit more form from Tony, I'm going to stay away. But yeah, you're right. That 50 to one number is a big number. That sounds pretty juicy. Okay, one more quick thing. I, I I talked about this on the podcast. Do you expect to see Bryson DeChambeau on the PGA Tour again? I don't know. And sometimes you say something on a podcast and all of a sudden everyone reports it as fact and uh, and you're breaking a news story. So I, I'm going to ride the fence a little bit on this one. I, I do think that where there's smoke, there's fire. And we've seen and heard Bryson is speaking with the upcoming Saudi Golf League about uh, joining their thing. The, the one thing that surprised me about, and for those who don't know, the news is out that uh, there's sort of a, a semi-report, I'll call it, that uh, Bryson was not going to play the PGA Tour anymore and was going to join the Saudi Golf League. And then Bryson's agent came out, as reported by Ryan Lavner of Golf Channel, saying, now we're hoping to play Bay Hill in a couple of weeks. He's just not healthy right now, but when the wrist heals up, hoping to be out to defend that title at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And so whatever the case might be in the short term, the long term is, yes, this Saudi Golf League is happening. I was told by a player recently that it's happening over the next few months and they're going to play events, many of which will be based in the United States. And yes, some big name players will be playing in this league. And I don't know if it means they'll never again play on the PGA Tour. They can play select events on the PGA Tour. Certainly shouldn't affect their status for major championships. But uh, the dynamic of golf is going to change a little bit if some of these big name players aren't playing on weekly Uh, in weekly events on the PGA Tour. And I do believe that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Maybe the next four to five months, I I would say, is the time frame for all of this to develop. And uh, we shouldn't be surprised by it. We've been talking about this for over a year now, talking about how uh, they're trying to infiltrate uh, what has long been standing as uh, the dynamic in golf uh, as far as the the tours and the circuits atop the the world's tours right now and so uh, it's going to happen as far as which players i I, i'm guessing that based on what we know based on reports we can at least take a very solid uh guesstimation a 51 year old lefty Uh, there you go um (laughs) the guys uh, i will tell you this much guys who uh have talked about growing the game around the world guys who have complained about not getting paid for their media rights and guys who have somehow taking drops they didn't like and didn't like a ruling and didn't like a setup and said, hey, maybe I'll go play somewhere else. I I would start your list with those players and and they might be ones who will be playing in the Saudi Golf League at some point. Well, Jason, I appreciate your time and uh, let's enjoy Riviera this week and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. And yeah, this it's so different. I mean, we started out this conversation talking about the WM Phoenix Open at TPC Scottsdale last week and what a party it is. Talking about the Genesis Invitational this week at Riviera. Two completely different events, completely different golf courses. I love both of them, maybe equally. And I, like I've been saying all week, you can have two children who are very different from each other. It doesn't say, you don't say, well, I like that one a lot. And I don't really like that one as much. You say, ah, they're, they're completely opposites. They're totally different from each other. And I love both of them. So it, it's, uh, it, it's a good thing about the PGA tour that we are able to get, uh, such a varied, uh, 
very templative events uh, from a weekly basis. Well, Jason Sobel, Monday through Wednesday, PGA Tour Radio, 2 to 4 Eastern, and uh, links and locks on the Action Network Podcast Network. Uh, appreciate your time, and uh, let's enjoy some golf. Absolutely. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Jason. Okay, let's get to the uh, let's get to the mailbag. You go to the Instagram, go low pod. You know how Instagram has an at sign, go low pod, go low pod. Fire up in those DMs, and we'll go from there. Justin, huge fan. All right, got a question about doubling down and live betting a tournament. Each week, I pick three or four players to win and continuously look at their live odds throughout the weekend. Two weeks ago at Pebble, I had Cantley seven to one and Speed twenty four to one. As the weekend turned, I live bet Jordan and Cantlay again on Saturday and Sunday. Only for Tom freaking Hoagie to ruin my chances. Same scenario this past week. Scotty Scheffler was one of them. I bet him live Sunday with terrible odds, plus 291. After the second hole, I looked after he bogeyed 7-8 to fall to the board, plus 850. But was too scared of getting hosed like I did at Pebble. What should my strategy be when I have one of the three, four guys in contention on Saturday, Sunday... Keep the original best or reinvest worse odds or try to hedge with another player. Golf is basically impossible to hedge because at any moment, some random guy can take you out like Tom Hoagie, right? So you you can't hedge. You don't have an, I mean, unless you bet on literally every guy in the mix, which you're not going to do. And you would lose money with that strategy. I like your strategy. I might try that this week. I might pick four guys to win and then live bet some of them. I'm going to go Justin Thomas, Kepka, Taylor Gooch, and I'll pick one other guy, Alex Noren. And I'm just going to live bet him. That, that's, that's not a terrible idea. Maybe the idea is to top five your guy. Bet your guy to top five. So then if he's in the mix, maybe that's the strategy. Pick the guys you like and bet them to top five. And then if you like them, if they're in the mix Saturday, Sunday, then bet them to win. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here. But that's maybe what I do that gives you a little more wiggle room, right? Because if you had can't lay top five and then you bet him to win, you know, you still would have made some money. Again, could be wrong on that one. I'm on Xander in the waste management 20 to 1. What do you think the score to win given the first three days of play? Yeah, man, I had him too. I had Xander before the week. Uh, I put a little money on him live. And same with Alex Noren, but man, it just, you know, betting in golf is hard. It is an incredible rush when you win, but there are just so many, you know, Scotty Scheffler, who it didn't feel like Scotty Scheffler was going to win at any moment. It felt like it was going to be Kepka, Xander, Cantlay, or Thigala. And then when the dust settles, Scotty Scheffler's in the playoff. But that that's what makes gambling on golf fun. I mean, part of it is the returns, the ROI are unlike any other sport. Beside like future bets, right? If I want to bet, you know, the fucking Packers to win the Super Bowl at 20 to 1, I, I know that that wouldn't be their number. If, if Aaron was there, it'd be smaller. And if Aaron left, it'd be like 50 to 1. But you know what I'm saying? I got to wait five months. With golf, you're just waiting a couple of days. But it's pretty easy to lose. I'm planning to go to Riviera next week and have never been to a PGA event. Do you recommend that I wander the course, follow a group of golfers, or enjoy the event by sitting at a specific green? I've done a little bit of everything, uh, having been to golf tournaments. I would say the first golf, if you've never been to a golf tournament, I would just roam around. Uh, The first golf tournament I ever went to, 1998 or 9, whatever, the U.S. Open at Olympic Club, 
when Lee Jansen won and first Payne Stewart. Uh, and I just walked everywhere. If you've never been to the course, like I would just watch, walk the course. And then if you feel a little tired, get a beer, get a hot dog, get a burger, and just pull up at one of the holes. Maybe a par three, maybe a cool par five. Um, you know, after you get a lay of the land. Now, if you have money on someone, I've never gone to a golf tournament and bet on someone. That would be pretty cool to do. <laughs> like if I was going to bet on Taylor Gooch, which and I was going to Riviera, I would follow Taylor Gooch. Because like if you're betting on Justin Thomas or DJ or Rory, it's it's not Tiger, but it is harder to follow the top guys just because the 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 crowds are massive. So that my strategy, you know, if I go to Pebble, I go right to like hole six where all the alcohol is. <laughs> if I go to Olympic, I'd probably walk around. Uh, if I went to Riviera, because I've never been to the course, I would 100% walk around. I might hang out a hole one, watch some guys hit some tee shots, and then just kind of work my way throughout the course. How do you feel about Patrick Cantlay's master future at 21? 21 to one right now. I mean, I, you'd say him and John Rahm are the two best players in the world right now. Cantley is a fucking machine. The, the, the Masters this year is going to be fantastic. Jordan Spieth is 11 to 1. Jesus. Cantley, yeah, I got him about 20 to 1. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy at all. I don't really enjoy betting on Patrick Cantley. Not that I don't think he's a great guy, but holy shit, does he take a long time to putt. Hurry up and hit the golf ball. Why are you standing over the golf ball for so long? What are you doing? Just hit the ball. Like you've looked at the line. You've seen both sides. He stands over the ball. Someone tweeted this out over the weekend for 25 seconds standing over the golf ball to putt. He is so slow. I don't love betting on him. Love the pod. Have two part question. I'm from SAC area and I was wondering what is your favorite course up this way to play? Uh, well, I grew up playing El Macero and Wild Horse and Davis more than playing in SAC. Uh, Rancho Marietta. Uh, I Honestly, I, I haven't played SAC golf in so long since like junior high and high school. I'd say Rancho Marietta. I would say... That's probably... That's the last Sacramento course I've played in like the last decade. I, I honestly don't play that much SAC. I played way more golf in the Valley in the Fresno area, and then obviously here in the Bay Area than SAC. But Yochadishi, which is actually kind of toward Napa, it to me is one of the best public courses in Northern California. It's on the Indian Casino. It's fantastic. It used to be like $60, $70 to play. COVID, inflation, I think it's now like $150. But it's 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 pretty sweet. I, I recommend that to anybody who's up in the Northern California area. And rookie Austin Smotherman is from SAC. I was wondering after finishing top 10 at Torrey, finishing T33 at Pebble, do you even think he'd get his first win this year? I think it's very, very difficult to win on tour. The The fields have never been deeper. The players have never been more talented. Like, think about the guys that have won recently. Scotty Scheffler was on the Ryder Cup and has been basically top 10 in every single major. I think we had to beat Cantley, Xander, Brooks. Hideki won a couple weeks ago. Hoagie won at Pebble, and he's been in the mix now for a couple years. He's been playing at a really high level, and think who he had to beat, Jordan Cantley. So it's just, uh, this week, look at the field. I mean, it's going to be very, very difficult for random guys who haven't been on the tour that long, rookie players, young guys, to win 
huge tournaments. Now, could he win a John Deere Classic? Could he win a Barracuda? Could he win a Safeway Open? For sure. I mean, anyone who's in that, you know, has a chance to win. But I think any, you know, Torrey Pines, a Pebble Beach, a Riviera, I'm not even sure, is, is he in this tournament? Uh, it's just very, very hard to just beat all these guys. I mean, it just just such loaded fields. Uh, yeah, so again, subscribe to the Golo Pod. Golo Pod, ask me any question you want, and we'll keep this podcast rolling. Appreciate everyone listening, and talk soon. Peace. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep Cook and Store System Keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.